Welcome back into NFL University, the show where we educate you on all things across the National Football League landscape. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL University is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Plenty to get to, as always, on NFL University. We are in the thick of NFL free agency today. Uh, Later on in the afternoon, NFL teams will be able to ink these deals and make them official. That includes all the trades that have been happening over the past couple of weeks. Kind of nuts right now. It was quiet until we sat down to record this podcast. So let me welcome in Kyle Posey of Diners Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., It is just now being reported that star pass rusher Chandler Jones is signing a deal with the Las Vegas Raiders to stack the AFC West even more than it already was. They are expected to ship pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, They already had a formidable pass rush last season with Ngakwe and Max Crosby, but they had to get in on the action on this AFC West arms race, I guess. And Chandler Jones hurts because I really wanted the Chiefs to sign him. Remember week one when Chandler Jones had five sacks? <laughs> that feels like so long ago, man. Um, what can you say bad about Jones? He's like, yes, he's older. I want to see the contract details for this, but he's a baller. He's like one of the best pass rushers in the league. I think Crosby has been very good, and I think this is only going to make him better. Um what do you think about this, Justice? What do you think uh, Chandler Jones? Well, first of all, people are saying he didn't. Chandler Jones said he wanted to go to a Super Bowl contender, and then he went to the Raiders. And naturally, people are going to poke fun of them. But I mean, they they made the playoffs. That has to count for something. And it's not like they were a stacked, loaded team. Like they made a playoffs with a pretty middling roster, I would say. So um, this makes the team better, and that's the goal. Right? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing is going to be the number. Like you said, like this is finally movement on the pass rusher market. Just before Chandler Jones signed, um, the Los Angeles Chargers brought back Uchenna Wusu for $10 million a year. Um, really, uh, no, he we went had to the Seahawks. Oh, Seattle Seahawks. My bad. Um, yeah. But we're finally seeing movement for the edge rusher market that has been kind of holed up for a couple of days just because these, t- these guys at the top of, uh, I guess, the free agency class haven't signed anywhere. So I think we're finally going to see movement there with the Deshaun Watson stuff. I guess Teron Armstead is waiting out to see kind of like what the situation with the saints is going to be moving forward. And then I think when Watson or uh, when, when Armstead signs, we're going to see dominoes at the tackle market. Cause I think at this point, those are kind of the two positions that we're, we're waiting on to see like what even the top guys end up getting. Chandler Jones is a really, really good player. And like you were saying, KP, I think Max Crosby, who for some reason has just kind of been one of the more underrated pass rushers, I feel like in the NFL over the last couple of years, he just got a big extension from the Raiders. Like he was really, really good last season. And Chandler Jones, as long as he is healthy for the Raiders, I think is only going to make that pass rush that much better. And it's just stacked across the board. And you know, Randy Gregory is expected to sign with the Denver Broncos after he had a deal in place with the Dallas Cowboys, but Jerry decided to kind of just screw things up at the last minute. They tried to slide some contract language in at the finish line, and Randy Gregory got upset and decided to sign 
with the Denver Broncos instead. So now you talk about the Broncos, Randy Gregory, who's still a young, talented pass rusher. They have Bradley Chubb, who is a young pass rusher with some upside. Like this AFC West, these guys are going to be able to get after the quarterbacks. And when you're so top-heavy at quarterback with Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and then a little bit of a gap in Derek Carr, like this pass rush in this division is going to be absolutely insane. Randy Gregory had six sacks and 12 starts and 25 QB hits. And that really doesn't put into, um, I would say he probably played better than that, which is kind of weird to say, you know, because those numbers are very good. Yeah. I'm interested to see what he does in Denver. Um, There's so much talent in that division now. And I saw people just joking around how every primetime matchup could be an AFC West game, but like, it's tough to argue that because like, look who their quarterbacks are. Do they know how uh, NFL primetime matchups work? NFC East, baby. Yeah. We're getting Titans Jags second uh, Thursday night football of the season. Still giants. The the Randy Gregory thing kind of shows to you like how big of a mess Dallas is right now. Right. It seems like he left money on the table for the Dallas Cowboys, and then even at the finish line, they messed it up. The Demarcus Lawrence thing. Did you guys see what what the report on Demarcus Lawrence's original offer was? They no. came to him. They said one year, ten million dollars, and he was like, "Dude, cut me, cut me." Like at, at that point, I'll just go play for someone else. I'll be able to get more money somewhere. They ended up working a a, a long. A, what was it? A three year deal. That was fully guaranteed in all aspects. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. Like, this, these, these moves by the Dallas Cowboys are really interesting because there's a couple ways that they could be manipulating the cap right now, and they're just not doing it. And it kind of feels like, you know, in college football, when like the boosters are mad at you and like the school can't fire you, but they'll cut off your funds. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it feels like with Dallas, where every other team in the league with a contending quarterback is just pushing money forward, right? And they're like, hey, let's create some cap space immediately, and we'll go we'll go make some things happen. And it feels like they're not doing that for McCarthy because they don't really believe in a future with McCarthy, <laughs> right? So they're like, Steve, hey. we got a McCarthy reference six minutes in. <laughs> we got we got to get over the Zeke contract, right? We'll we'll wait until uh, Sean Payton and Mike Zimmer are uh, you know head coach and associate head coach in in 2023, and then we'll start rebuilding again. It it feels like McCarthy's being iced out right now, and I I kind of feel bad for him, but like this is the no, best. No, you don't. But if that's the case, then why not just get rid of him? Like they just don't want to pay him out his contract. Is, is that the deal here? Because just get rid of him. Because it seemed pretty clear at the end of the season that Jerry Jones was not happy with him. I think like they're going to have to go through growing pains anyway. And they're just like, well, this is going to be the year then. Because the, the, you're going to have to pay it at some point, right? So you're going to have to pay some of these con- – like the Z contract is insane to look at right now. Like that is actively hurting them as a football team. I have it up. Do you want to talk about this? Let's, let's do it. It's not great. <laughs> All right. So – What's his dead cap right now? If they wanted to release Zeke, they just said, hey, I... Yeah. Pre-June 1, if they wanted to release him, the dead money on Zeke's contract would be over $30 million. (laughs) Not great. For a running back. If they wanted to cut him post-June, that number would drop all the way to $18 million. 
Um, there's no getting out of this bad boy anytime soon. So with that said, knowing that, why not just kick money? Like we're talking about kicking money down the curve or down the line, which is the 49ers did that today with George Kittle and Eric Armstead to create immediate cap space so you can sign players to help your teams so the way you can win games, uh, which is the goal in the NFL. Why not mess with uh, Zeke's contract and, you know, knowing that he's going to be around for a couple more years? I don't think they want him around for a couple more years. I mean, <laughs> okay, that's, that's the problem, right? It's like, hey, Tony – McCarthy's getting questions at, at the combine that he doesn't know how to answer already where they're asking him about Tony Pollard. And he's like, that's convenient. And it's like, Whoa, what, what does that even mean? Like give Tony Pollard some snaps. Like, I don't know. I, I think they're in a pretty bad situation. I mean, the Cowboys already, I mean, between what was it? Amari Lyle Collins, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, like every guy that could potentially be like a roster cut, they already like dangled out there as, as a guy that like, they were like, Hey, restructure, we're releasing you. And they've already made these moves. So like, they just have to get beyond the Z contract and then just restart. This was their window. It's done. They could have extended the window. They didn't want to do it. Like it, it would have been keeping Lyle Collins there and then pushing it forward. It would have been, you know, figuring something out with Amari Cooper moving forward. And they just decided not to. So, they're just going to have to get past the Zeke deal. And until that happens, I, I think McCarthy's being hung out to try. <laughs> I, I think some of this can just boil down to Jerry Jones and his ego. And, you know, this idea that Jerry Jones is this wildly successful businessman and, and the perception that he has of himself. Like, I think a lot of it just comes back to that where, that Zeke contract was bad when he signed it and everyone knew it was bad. Everyone said, what are you doing? This is a terrible contract. What is going on? And now it's just Jerry saying, we're riding it out. We're going to ride this thing out. I don't care if we have to break down the entire team that was arguably one of the most talented rosters in the NFL last season that we did absolutely nothing with once we got to the playoffs. We're just going to ride this out because I need to be right about Ezekiel Elliott. And a lot of it just comes back to that deal. It's <laughs> just deep sigh yeah, from like, KP. <laughs> It's just it, it, it's all looking bad right now for Dallas Cowboys fans. So just like look at their roster, they couldn't whether it's Zach Martin, whether it's Tyron Smith, I still feel like there are other contracts that they can mess around with. Well, I don't think they want to touch Tyron Smith's contract because, because of how he's, he's looked injured. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he that's that's a good point, just because I mean, if you just watch the last game he played in, he looked like he could barely move, get to his set, get to his spots. Um and knowing that it like when is Tyron ever going to be healthy again? So that's fair, but still, like, those are the only options that they have. And I'm not saying, you know, that's the only reason I bring them up is because those are the options. But there's so much talent on this roster that you would think I, – I still think they underachieved last year. Um, they have to do something. They can't just sit idle. And I know Mike McCarthy is a potentially sitting duck, but with – you have the young guys, what, Michael Parsons, who's obviously going to be an all-pro – sooner than later um they have to make a move now i think they should take advantage of these windows but it seems like they're not interested in doing that right now here are all the players in dallas with a base salary of over three million dollars right there's like Tyrone, seven ezekiel elliott which again two guys that they're not going to touch their contracts 
Dalton Schultz on the franchise tag at about $11 million. And then Anthony Brown at $5 million. That's it. What's what's Zach Martin? Uh, Zach Martin's at basically the minimum. He's already had it converted. So, mm, okay. Yeah. So, like, there, there's not that many moves that Dallas can make. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're maxed out, and they could have gone down the, like, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, you know, Brady, New England, uh, Breeze, Saints route where you just you just go all in, right? But I just don't – I don't think it makes sense while they still have the Z contract on the books. And then the Tyron thing, I think, is a big question mark moving forward. I, I, I don't think people nationally realize, like, how banged up he's been, you know, in recent years. Well, and then after the Randy Gregory deal fell apart yesterday for the Dallas Cowboys, it was being reported that they were showing strong interest in Von Miller and Von Miller reportedly had some interest in the Dallas Cowboys. But now Ian Rappaport just put out a few minutes ago that the Rams are working to bring back Von Miller. It's not a done deal. There's still other teams interested, but it seems like the Rams have probably a better chance than anybody else right now to bring Von Miller back. So Cowboys fans probably losing out there too. And they've still got plenty of things to figure out. I do want to also mention that the Raiders after signing Chandler Jones, uh, they are trading Yannick Ngakwe to the Indianapolis Colts reportedly. It's a player for player swap. They are getting back cornerback Rocky sin. Um, Raiders secondary was bad last season. All you got to do really is watch both performances against the Kansas city chiefs and how Patrick Mahomes just absolutely shredded their defense. So he's a decent young corner, I think who's probably had some ups and downs uh, so far in his career, but they're getting a player back for a guy whose contract they had to move after this Chandler Jones signing. I I do want to stick in the AFC West though. The Los Angeles chargers have been making big moves in free agency and you know obviously after the broncos acquire russell wilson now the raiders are making some noise with the chandler jones move the chargers are going all in they are trying to capitalize on that rookie quarterback contract that justin herbert's on right now they add jc jackson top cornerback on the market that's a big deal they trade for khalil mack they also sign defensive tackle austin johnson and sebastian joseph day to beef up their defensive line that we talked about last season was the biggest weakness of this Chargers team overall was that defensive line. I think right now, if I had to stack up the AFC West, the way these rosters are presently constructed, you know, before we finalize free agent deals, before we get to the NFL draft, I think the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West right now. Yeah, it's tough to disagree with that. So we talked about their issues during the season and just getting, like you said, like an athlete like Sebastian uh, Joseph Day, who can come off the ball without getting blown back. Uh, a guy like Austin Johnson, who we didn't mention, who's like just a nose tackle, who's not going to play a lot, but another guy who just you're going to have a hard time moving him. So just those two signings alone, and obviously um, they brought in Khalil Mack, who for some reason people are down on, who aren't aware that he's still a very freaking good player. So they they made up Bears fans, and they were like, "Yeah, he has a he had a banged up ankle last year." I'm like, "Buddy, it." <laughs> What are you talking about? Like right. Mac and Hicks were the only guys who could get after the quarterback for you guys. Like, come on, get real. And then, of course, yeah. So, it. I want to see what how Staley evolves. Obviously, um, J.C. Jackson, right? Like they have one of the best freaking cornerbacks in the NFL. Not just people look at his 
turnovers. And of course, that, that's a big reason why he's successful. But he can match up with guys. And he, with what the Chargers do on defense, I feel like they could now use their safeties, whether it's Derwin James, and they can have help elsewhere. So I feel like we're going to see a much better version of the Brandon Staley defense than we saw last year. And that was going to happen no matter who they signed. But now that they have actual football talent, actual NFL caliber talent, and not just a middle-of-the-road talent, like they're bringing guys in who are playmakers, like J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. Like these are two of the better players at their position. So uh, they're getting high-end talent. They're getting middle-of-the-road guys. It's uh, it's going to be tough to top. But I, I still um, – if, if we want to be the Debbie Downer, still not so sure about that Mike Williams contract. <laughs> Yeah, that that well, hey, when Christian Kirk got what he got, I I, I think That's we're beyond the point of criticizing <laughs> wide receiver contracts. The other thing about for comparing contracts, J.C. Jackson got like three million more per year than Darius Williams did, which like unbelievable. That's nuts. I I was actually so what what is your thought on that? Because I actually thought J.C. Jackson got a lot less money than I would have assumed. Like he was a guy who hit the market is, you know, that, like, all-pro, pro-bowl type of caliber cornerback. And he didn't reset the market, and he actually came, you know, real short of, of what Jalen Ramsey was able to hit. So I thought, you know, for for it, as someone who's covering the Packers, right, Jair Alexander's going to have to get paid in a couple weeks. I was I, – I think that hurts the cornerback market moving forward. Yeah, so when he hit the market, you were thinking, like, this deal that he signed, everybody was waiting for the number for JC Jackson. And then it came out like 16 and a half million per year. What? Like, yeah, I thought, I thought was he was going to get like 20. 20. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, and like you're talking about teams we cover 49ers. They signed Traverius Ward, who was a good player, but he signed for like 14, I believe. And the difference between JC Jackson and Traverius Ward is like, there's a difference. We're talking about tiers here as far as players go. So um, I don't, maybe he took a discount. Maybe I, I imagine some other team had to offer JC Jackson more money than that. I, can, I think is the easiest way to put it. But um, yeah, when you're, when you're making lists of players and JC Jackson at the top of the cornerback list, considering his age, ball production, uh, size, speed, everything that he does at the position, like that's who you want. And you just have to imagine he would have gotten more. So yeah, that was, that was a surprise, but I mean, Darius Williams is, is it just because Jacksonville, like they're just throwing money at anybody? So is that even a fair compare? I don't I don't know, but J.C. Jackson should have gotten much more than he got. The the last thing the Chargers need to do now is fix up that right side of their offensive line, right? I mean, we talked about they Long need to fix their interior. They got more playmakers on the defensive side. When you coming into the, the offseason, they're going to have something like $70 million in, in cap space. They brought back Mike Williams. The last thing is like, all right, Make sure you don't just have, you know, a, a turnstile at right tackle moving forward. Yeah, and I think that they are still going to address that. I just love every move that they've made. I'm with you guys. I did think J.C. Jackson was going to command a little bit more money than he wound up getting. But I feel like outside of those Jaguars contracts, and we'll get into those uh, here in a little bit, it's just like, it, I guess I'm not, being surprised as much as I thought I would be by some of the contracts that have been getting dished out outside of those absurd contracts in Jacksonville. And I want to talk about the Kansas city chiefs while we're on the AFC West. Uh, the biggest move they've made is signing Texan safety, Justin Reed. Uh, it's a three-year contract. I think it's a really good deal for the Kansas city chiefs. He's a 25 year old safety who I think 
Didn't get a lot of pub in Houston, but he was a really good player for the Texans. And I think that he is going to be a really good fit for this Chiefs defense. And, you know, they're letting Tyron Matthew hit the open market. You basically got a younger safety at a cost effective price. I, I think this is a really good move for the Chiefs. They've just got to figure out that pass rush now. And uh, I'm not feeling good after Chandler Jones side with the Raiders. I think the Justin Reed thing, too, people don't realize how old school that Houston defense is, right? Like, Lovey Smith is running a ton of, like, straight up covered, like, stock cover two, stock cover three, you know, spot drop zone. That puts a lot of pressure on these safeties, and Justin Reed was able to kind of flourish in that situation. Um, I will say, with Justin Reed now gone from Houston – some rumors are heating up about uh, Kyle Hamilton going number three. Holy and, smokes. Yeah, I mean, if a safety goes number three. I mean, I think it would be a great fit. And I think, again, because Lovey Smith is there, no team is going to value safety more than them just because safety, like, in terms of the deep coverage game, safety is their cornerback, right? So I think it makes sense from that extent. But I'm not sure how the public is going to react when a, uh, you know, like – quote-unquote box safety goes third overall in the draft it's probably not going to go well uh we we talked about it just before we recorded but yeah i think if we were naming biggest upgrades in free agency i think justin reed is up there the thing about what spags asked of his safety is like the heat he uses those guys all over the place and you talk about the importance of safety I, i'd go even a step further and say um, safety is probably one of the most position, important positions on defense in today's NFL, just of what they're asked to do. And uh, they have to play deep. They have to play at the line of scrimmage. They have to play over the middle of the field. They have to fit the run. They're responsible for a lot. Like they have to diagnose a lot in a very little time. So a guy like Reed who can run, who can hit, who's aggressive, who's, I don't want to say reckless, but he has like the recklessness you need to survive at safety. And I think uh, the Chiefs for what they need out of a safety and for what they got last year, whether it's inconsistency from Thornhill, Juan Thornhill, who I think is just not as aggressive as you need. And Tyron Matthew, who I think he's just, I don't want to say on his last leg, but he's just not the same honey badger that we all remember. Um, Really impressed with the read sign. Like it couldn't have been a better fit for the Chiefs. So home run signing for them. Yeah, I think it's a big win for them. They still have some issues after reworking Frank Clark's deal. They still need another pass rusher, maybe. It's try to bring back Melvin Ingram now after Chandler Jones signed. And Ian Rapport is reporting the uh, Chandler Jones numbers. It's a three-year deal worth roughly $51 million for him to head to the Las Vegas Raiders. So it's a big money deal for Chandler Jones and a good size investment for them in their defensive line. The Panthers, Browns, and Saints have all reportedly met with Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Falcons are reportedly meeting with him today, and they have all submitted offers to the Texans. The Texans wanted offers in place before they allowed anyone to meet with the quarterback. Uh, Cleveland is in the mix and reportedly willing to part ways with Baker Mayfield, even if they don't wind up getting Deshaun Watson and that has led to Baker Mayfield dropping a uh, really long post on social media because he is upset that the Cleveland Browns are reportedly looking to move on from him. Um, I guess we can get into the Deshaun Watson stuff and we can get into the Baker Mayfield stuff. I didn't know there was this many Baker Mayfield defenders out there who were ready to, to stand up on a soapbox for Baker Mayfield and say, he was playing through injury last year. He deserves better than this from the Cleveland Browns. Like, 
No, you don't get to play injured and say, it's my contract year. I'm trying to get paid. I got to go out on the field no matter what and perform and then perform really poorly. Like Baker Mayfield was just really, really bad last season. And that's not above criticism. He was the one who was choosing to play injured and it was clearly affecting him. Let me ask you this. What is a memorable Baker Mayfield game in his career? The first one against the Jets, right? <laughs> yeah, as I say, it's got to be something. And from since then, season. in a Kevin Stefanski offense, who, in my opinion, is one of the better head coaches in the NFL and is probably one of the better play callers, like his offense. It's a Shanahan type offense, but I think he has some nice wrinkles to it. He couldn't have put Baker Mayfield in a better situation. And yeah, I know he was banged up last year, but Baker completed 60% of his passes last season. That doesn't happen in today's NFL, especially in that offense where everything is seemingly a layup because you're throwing overs and crossing. You know, he gets guys one on one um, against linebackers where they're in advantageous situations. So um, what we saw from Baker last year was honest. And just as I was talking about before we recorded, I think that that is the real Baker. That's been the real Baker Mayfield. But I think I'm interested to see where he goes. I've seen some reports saying he goes to the Seahawks to go from Russ to Baker somehow down <laughs> they'd go nuts i don't like seahawks mm-hmm. fans are not like they, it would be perfect that fan base is about to erupt dude I, I i see it on the timeline they don't know what to do like they, they're just looking at their hands they're like i my idle hands need something to do um <laughs> the baker thing the colts i guess are interesting but like doesn't that feel like another like one-year rental yeah for for ballard it, it feels like Frank Reich again being like, I can fix any quarterback. Can't I can fix him. Just way. give him to me. I'll, I'll take care of him. We'll get we'll get him working again. I, I will can no say, longer be on the Frank Reich train if he goes after Baker. <laughs> I will say Baker starting that, you know, double screenshot post by saying this isn't cryptic and then just speaking in cryptic language. Nonstop. For, for two, two full pages. Great move. The playing through injury thing, I still don't get because, like, Kareem Hunt's dad, right? When when all of the Browns players' fathers were coming out on social media and being like, "Baker needs to be benched immediately," like this cannot be happening. Kareem Hunt's dad, the whole point of it was like, Baker's clearly hurt, right? Like he is hurt. He is playing. Everyone knows he's hurt. Like uh, Case Keenum should be getting these snaps, and the team would have a better chance of winning. It seems like that is the where all this starts. And then everyone in the media just turns into he played through injury, gritty, tough, you know, blah, 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 underdog. No, he cost them the season. Yes. It's exactly. not true at all. So it's like, how are you guys not getting that, like, him playing through injury is actually the problem. Like, the fact that, like, he wouldn't concede any playing time to Case Keenum because he's so worried about Case Keenum potentially passing him up on, on the depth chart. That's the issue. I thought that the Browns were going to be the best team in the AFC North last season. Like, just I remember coming in week one, they played the Kansas City Chiefs, and yeah. the whole thing was like, "Hey, that's a great barometer for this team," and they were able to compete with them, you know, head to head. And then it all went to crap. It's they they had a lot of talent, and even after they traded Odell Beckham to the Rams, like midseason, their season fell apart because Baker was starting for them. Like their season totally fell apart because Baker Mayfield was their starting quarterback all last season. So he doesn't get to do the, Oh, feel bad for me now because Cleveland doesn't want me anymore. Like you brought that on yourself, Baker. So get, get, get over it. 
it's it's the way that it goes sometimes the nfl is a brutal business but you, you don't get to do that when you were the one that was insisting on playing the entire year and we don't get to pick and choose like when he was hurt and when he wasn't and that that's what really gets me about the media so if you like just look at when the, what the browns did or whatever um they beat the Bengals in week nine 41 16 and there was no no talks about, oh, wow, his shoulder really looks hurt then. But, of course, when they go on losing streaks, when they score seven points against the Patriots, when they score ten points against the Ravens, it's now, oh, Baker's looks hurt. But I, I just hate that the fact that we pick and choose um, when these guys are hurt and when they're not because clearly he's been the same player the whole time. And I mentioned the Browns' interest in Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, it, it seems like – we're going to have an answer to where Deshaun Watson is going to play here pretty soon. Like it feels like after all these meetings to go through, the offers are already on the table. It feels like Houston is going to ship him somewhere. And, you know, we've even seen Tron Armstead, who Justice mentioned, has said like, oh, he's waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Watson because the Saints are heavily in the mix there. And he would like to go back to New Orleans if they get Deshaun Watson. There's been some reports that some of these top wide receivers that are still available on the market are kind of waiting and seeing what happens with Deshaun Watson. So it's crazy to me how fast all of this went, where like on Friday, we were having the debate and, you know, the Schefter tweet that was just total garbage, like propaganda for the player after him, after them choosing not to press charges in his lawsuit on Friday. And now we're only on Wednesday of this week. And it's like, oh, he's getting shipped already. And he is going to play somewhere and be a starting quarterback in week one in all likelihood, barring an NFL suspension. I mean, I think a suspension is coming, right? Like, I, I think he's going to get six games or whatever. Um, but. I mean, him being able to pick his landing spot and all that, like, that's a crazy look for the league, man. The the the, the fact that it moves so fast. And you can't even necessarily – I think this is kind of the point. You can't blame, like, public pressure for trying to make these moves to win anymore, right? I don't think I've seen one fan base – and again, this is on Twitter and stuff like that. So like, maybe it's not representative of the entire fan base. I don't think I've seen the Saints, Panthers, Browns, or Falcons fans react to this in any sort of positive way, right? In like, hell yes, we're going to make this move for a franchise quarterback. It's all been met with friction, right? So it can't be put on the fan base. It can't be put on public pressure to win ball games. This just comes down to ownership at a certain point. Right. Like you can't blame anyone else but them. Um, so the fact that this moves so quickly means that these teams have thought about it for a long time. And again, we we saw, you know, the Miami Dolphins at the trade deadline and all that stuff. But that was only one team. It seems like all these teams have come out of the woodwork now and are very interested in this. And if they don't land Watson, it will be interesting to see what happens. I saw something about, you know, Matt Ryan taking down quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons in his like Instagram uh, bio or whatever. I don't think that they can move on from Matt Ryan the way that his contract is structured right now. So, like, I don't even know what how that happens. Like, I, frankly, I don't understand why the Falcons are in this race at all, even just from like a pure talent perspective because of how their cap situation is. If the Falcons were to trade Matt Ryan before June 1st, they would have a dead cap of $55 million. It just doesn't make sense. Like that's 
why are you taking these meetings? Why? I don't I don't get it. Why? And it it seems like Philadelphia was the, the one team that like Deshaun Watson turned down because he does have a tra- no trade clause, so he can choose where he's at. I'm really surprised by like is it just the hometown thing? I guess. I think that's what it boils down to because the Falcons roster is not good. Like it is not sure, set up to win. Sure is it, dude? The what's his name? Zacchaeus or whatever is going to be their number one wide receiver. The way it looks right now on the on their depth chart. <laughs> Yeah, so I I guess that has to be it, and I don't know. Maybe if you're the Falcons, you're just saying, "Well, we know we have to rebuild. We know we got to blow this whole thing up, and we know we'll be bad next year. But if we bring in Watson, hopefully everybody will just forget about all this stuff in a season or two, and we'll have a star quarterback." I, I think that's got to be the logic there. But they're not going to forget about it because he's going to get suspended, and when he gets suspended, we're going to hear every game why he's gotten suspended. How just what does it say about the league? What a terrible league <laughs> that every that all this is even happening. Um, we're getting more, we're getting it seems like we're getting a new team every day that's interested in Watson. Uh, even the Niners came up just recently. And oh, Jordan Schultz, shouts to Jordan Schultz, <laughs> just swinging and missing all the time. Still, but, waiting for OBJ to sign with the Packers. <laughs> Jim Trotter came out this morning and said that it there's. There might be something there, and not one person said anything to Jim Trotter because the media knows better because he's very, uh, he's a repeatable source. But um, it, I don't know when it's going to end, but I, I don't think, I just don't think the blowback is worth it based on you know what as you as you guys just talked about, like what fans are going to say about it. Um, what do you think? Like, is he going to get booed? Like, how is the reception going to be? I mean, I would assume that at the very least for away games, it's going to be pretty hostile. I yeah. Mean, I th- I think that the comparison people, and it's not a one-on-one comparison, but it, people still make it because he didn't get in trouble criminally, but did end up getting suspended by the league as Ben Roethlisberger, right? Right. I mean, it'll probably be a situation like that moving forward. Um, But yeah, it's just doesn't sit well with me that so many teams were willing to jump through hoops the moment that he was able to beat, you know, criminal charges, basically. Yeah. It, it doesn't make you feel good about this league that we all love and and cover full time. Um, You know, I I would have to imagine wherever he winds up, it's going to be okay. Now figure out if the NFL is going to suspend him, deal with that. And then these teams, PR staffs are going to, okay, full blown campaign. Let's rework his image. Let's like, let's he didn't to, play last year because of a contract. Dispute. Yeah. Let's like, try to okay. get some positivity around him and, and kind of just uh, adjust the atmosphere within the organization when uh, whichever team winds up with him. I have to imagine something like that is going to wind up coming of this, but we'll know pr- pretty soon, probably uh, who Deshaun Watson is going to wind up with the way these things seem like they're moving, but Let's take a quick time out right now. And when we get back, we have to discuss Tom Brady making his return to the NFL and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seemingly running it back yet again. And of course, we'll get into the Jacksonville Jaguars and everything that Trent Balky is doing to build that thing up down there in Jacksonville. That's coming up next on NFL University. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into NFL University. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., as well as Kyle Posey of Niners Nation. Tom Brady announced his return on Sunday. I don't know about you guys. I was at a bar drinking because me and my friend decided to go to lunch and then wound up drinking for several hours. Um, so I had a pretty good buzz going on when Tom Brady announced his return to the NFL. And it's been a good week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after he did that. They brought back Ryan Jensen. Uh, they they had already franchise tagged Chris Godwin. They, they brought back Carlton Davis. They signed Russell Gage. The Patriots traded Shaq Mason uh, for a fifth-round pick. I don't know if that was like a gift from Bill there's, Belichick. There's or no way that's fair. There. Uh, but, you know, they had Ali Barpet retire, and then they get Shaq Mason for free, basically, from the New England Patriots. It seems like the Bucks are just right back there as Super Bowl contenders again. They upgraded at right guard in exchange for a day three pick. So think about what the Bucs do on offense, you know, straightforward, downhill blocks, duo. And that's exactly what Shaq Mason is. Like, he's that guy. He's been that guy since uh, Georgia Tech. But he's he's kind of evolved his game. So to come into this offseason and not only retain an all-pro center, but get better at right guard, a guy who is probably familiar – he obviously is familiar with Brady. Um, yeah, Brady, the voodoo that he has on this league is incredible, man. Um, so good for them. I – Still, mm, I, I don't know. I guess I have some thoughts on a couple other players. I've, I've never watched a Falcons game where Russell Gage didn't drop a pass. So I'm not so sure that he's going to be. Um, but again, I mean, he's playing with Tom Brady. So who knows? He can develop into a, a pro bowler for all we know. Yeah, I think Gage has fake production, but he can also get that same production with Brady. Like right. he can still be fed that fake production with Brady. But the trade for Zach, uh, Shaq Mason is interesting to me because I think New England's clearing cap space for a big move. I don't know what that big move is, though. Like, what what do you do when Mac Jones is your quarterback and you didn't make the playoffs? So, I don't know. See, seems very weird, but they definitely improved. I guess the big thing to look for with Tampa moving forward is, like, what does this Brady deal look like, right? Because he's going to have to restructure – his contract in some way, form or fashion. And they were already adding void years to kind of move the signing bonus around. They, uh, Jeremy Fowler just said they restructured Cam Brate and they also restructured uh, Shaq Barrett. So they're, they're creating space left and right. Jerry won't do it for Dallas though. <laughs> he won't do it for Mike McCarthy. It, it shows just, I, I think the leadership in that Tampa Bay front office, I'm saying, 
oh, we know this thing's limited, so whatever. Let's just, well, I let's mean, just push it all in every year until we can't anymore. When Tom Brady's flying overseas to meet with the owner, right? I mean, I'm sure this has come up in conversations before. So you brought this to our attention, Justice, and I want to talk about it real quick. The uh, There does seem to be a, a little bit of an investigation going on into Tom Brady's return because – a uh, Las Vegas Superbook had a lot of bets placed on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl just before Tom Brady announced coming out of retirement. And, you know, this goes back to the Calvin Ridley thing, him being suspended all next season for betting on teams while he was away from the Falcons last year. And now there's this. I, I don't really know how you police this or how you could prove in any way that Tom Brady was like leaking to people that he was going to come back from retirement so they could place bets on the Bucks. I don't know, but like this is the slippery slope that I was talking about when people were saying like, well, I understand not placing bets directly on games when you are Calvin Ridley, right? But the whole idea that like the NFL is a foolproof system where you can't just have someone close to you put money down on the game and you don't get caught by the NFL's like automated service that's supposed to catch the players and stuff. This is where this comes to a head because this stuff is happening guys like draft props all that stuff like there are people who are close to NFL sources I guess is the way to say it that are putting money down on these uh, on these props and like it's impacting it to a certain extent so do I feel bad for the books no not not really but like it is worth talking about like that this stuff is happening like i don't think it's nefarious i don't think that tom brady is coming out of retirement so that some guy can cash a bet at a sports book like it, it, i don't think it's hurting like the uh integrity of the game in any sort of way but this stuff is happening on a daily basis i think the real story here is that it's a terrible futures bet <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah cuz they didn't they didn't do like Will Tom Brady retire or not? It was all Super Bowl and NFC right. title lines, right? <laughs> right? That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, because the Packer, the Packers are alive, baby, and Aaron Rodgers is back. We all know the Packers and their playoff success in recent memory. So, look, they held they held the Niners to zero points offensively and did not zero, win. not not one. We put it off long enough. The Jacksonville Jaguars are out here dishing out contracts. Doug Peterson, Trent Baalke, who it was supposed to be out. They were supposed to hire somebody who was going to be like the real general manager and he was going to get a new position in the organization. Then they decided against that plan. So now he's still in charge of everything there. The Jaguars have spent $259.5 million with $155 million guaranteed on seven free agents this week. That includes, in my mind, a way overpay of wide receiver Christian Kirk. Uh, they've added several other players. Um, I guess it's just Jacksonville, I guess. Like, I feel like they did this last year with Urban Meyer where they brought in some, some questionable salaries. And you're like, why are they paying Marvin Jones this much and, and stuff like that? And then it's like they doubled down this season uh, on paying guys that have no business getting paid the way that they're dishing out these contracts. How much better are the Jaguars today than they were a week ago? Um, Evan Ingram, he can be something. I think Darius Williams is a good signing. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. He was he was very good two years ago. And cornerback play is just so fickle in the NFL that it's hard to maintain that elite level of play. But he was a top 10 cornerback in 2020. So I don't mind that as much. Um, you, you hope Brandon Sheriff stays healthy. 
but that's that's another one that you know I wouldn't mind either. But I mean, paying Christian Kirk when you just invested you know early in early pick in Lavishka Chenault, and they're I don't want to say they're the same player, but they're essentially slot receivers who uh, gadget e like Christian Kirk in in Arizona, all he did was run like one route. <laughs> so uh, like what is he's probably going to be better with Trevor Lawrence, but still like at that price, like, is that what we're doing here? What is the plan? Like, what is the Jaguars plan other than throwing money? Because it doesn't seem like um, you just looking down. It doesn't seem like they're, they're forward thinking. I hate the Kirk deal. I really do. I, I think he's a wide receiver three in an ideal situation and he's getting what 17 million a year. I know it can go up to 21, but like, what is that ideal situation? having average NFL wide receiver ones and twos. Which Jacksonville does not have. They, they don't. They don't. Mm-hmm. Like, Kirk might be a wide receiver one for him, but it's because of how bad the rest of their wide receiver unit is. It's not because Kirk is that caliber of a player. The Olicon thing, holy crap, dude. He got $15 million a year. He got 50% more. The Devondre Campbell, who's coming off of an all-pro season, first-team all-pro, and they they both were able to hit the market. Um, I like the Farakasi deal. I I think that's probably where he should have gotten paid. Same with the Scherf thing. Like Scherf, when he's healthy, is is a very good guard, and and I understand paying the money for him. The Evan Ingram thing, like it's a one-year deal, so you're not even really seeing the upside of it. Like if he's bad, holy crap, you gave him ten million dollars a year. If he's good, he's going to go sign with someone he's else. He's going to leave. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so it's like, what are we doing this for when, like, we're not building this team for, for 2022, are we? Like, I know Balky's kind of still trying to save his job, like, you know, one day at a time. But, like, that one didn't really make sense to me. Zay Jones being locked in into 2023 money doesn't make sense to me. He's not a good enough player to to be able to have that type of job security. And then the Darius Williams stuff, yes, he was good in, in 2020. He had a rough 2020, 20, or 2021. The big thing with me is they now, they're three corners, you know, Shaq Griffin, um, I'm spacing on Tyson Campbell. Tyson. Yep. And then Darius Williams, those are all outside corners now. And their problem was they didn't have a nickel. So, like, I don't know if they're just going to say, hey, Darius Williams, you're small, therefore you should be playing in the nickel. But he is a 29-year-old guy. Like, he, he's an older first-time free agent guy because of he, he was at UAB when they shut down the program and all that stuff. It's a weird transition and a weird fit for him, even if you do believe he's going to have a bounce back here, I guess is the way that I'd put it. Campbell and uh, Williams both played in the slot a little bit. Just, I mean, Williams with the Rams a little bit a couple years ago. And then Campbell, I think just by necessity last year, I don't think that they wanted to do that. But, right. yeah, that, that is interesting just because Williams is smaller, but he's an outside cornerback. He's not a slot. For sure, yeah. It does, a fe- it does feel a little like Trent Bulky, like being mad at the NFL and the way the Urban Meyer stuff kind of blew up in their faces and everybody was like, oh, Trent Bulky's terrible. I don't want to go coach in Jacksonville and you know the Byron Leftwich stuff. Yeah, Byron Leftwich <laughs> feels like he was. Do you think like Tom Brady got a whiff of like what Trent Bulky was up to in Jacksonville and t- t- Tom Brady was like, I got to come out of retirement. <laughs> this Byron Leftwich guy can just see the future. Like he's got great instincts. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, it does feel almost like that. Like it's him like taking it out on the rest of the league by way overpaying these, like to put it in perspective, Chandler Jones, who we talked about, you know, best available pass rusher on the open market, just got a 17 million per deal from the Raiders. They're paying Christian Kirk that who has never had a thousand receiving yards in any of his NFL seasons. Like it, it's just absolutely crazy. It, it doesn't make any sense, but it's Jacksonville. And so you're just like, okay, well, it's Jacksonville. Did you guys see that report that like uh, the wide receiver market had stalled out because agents were trying to get them like they're basically trying to negotiate teams with Jacksonville Jaguars terms. And teams were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We are not the Jaguars. We 17 million per is now like a third tier wide Dude, receiver. <laughs> like Trent Baalke's a terrorist. I'm sorry. Like what what he's doing is terrorism. There's no other way to define it. Like this is he blew he 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 destroyed the, the linebacker market. He destroyed the wide receiver market. I still don't know what the plan is for Zay Jones. The Ingram situation doesn't make any sense. What what the heck is going on, bud? He's on his way out and he knows it. Yeah. It's just just hang on. Uh on my way out. Let me ruin Trevor Lawrence. He's doing <laughs> the opposite of what Ozzy did for the Rams. Dude, it'll is if they mess this up and they have to make a change of general manager this year, it will be Trevor Lawrence's third season going into it with his second GM and his second head coach, and none of those guys ever ever being on the same timeline. You have to unify these guys. Go like, Jags. You can't and... have guys on, on different, on staggering timelines because then it's just a constant cycle of just guys being on the hot seat. And you had the most cap space in the NFL this off season. And now you're going to head into next year with a bloated cap situation because you gave out a bunch of bad contracts, but Hey, but... you locked in Zay Jones for 2023 <laughs> And uh, Evan Ingram, by the way, will be a free agent by then. So, congrats. They're going to get that comp pick for when, when Evan Ingram walks. And that was the master plan. Real quick before we get out of here, we can't leave today's show without talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bringing in Mitch Trubisky on a two-year contract. He is a quarterback that we've talked a ton about on the SB Nation NFL show. We knew he was going to get signed somewhere. He was going to have an opportunity to start. It seemed like it was trending that way. I didn't necessarily think that it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't have a lot of faith in Mitch, but I mean, I don't think that he's worse than Ben Roethlisberger was last year. Maybe he is. Maybe he is an upgrade. I think it's kind of the same thing. And you're just like, well, he's young. Let's see what we can do with him. I think Mike Tomlin should have got some coach of the year votes last year for Pittsburgh for just keeping Pittsburgh afloat with Big Ben. So, yeah, you brought up what Big Ben was asked to do last year. If just looking at what they asked of him, any quarterback should be able to be okay for that offense. And they have some pieces that, um, and I think justice was high on their offensive coordinator before the season starts with just all the movement, pre-snap movement that he did. Um, Maybe they can get something out of Trubisky's athleticism and his legs, you know, use him in the quarterback run game a little bit. I don't know if that's going to be a part of their plan, but I mean, that would be something that I would use. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to be too bad there, honestly. And there's so much evidence of Trubisky being bad. So <laughs> that's probably not the um, – it's easy to disagree with that. But just, again, I don't think they're going to put a lot on Mitch's plate to the point where, you know, he's operating like a Peyton Manning, for example. So, yeah, I, th- I think he'll be fine. And it's more about the pieces around him on offense and defense. And he just kind of has to um, – 
not wet the bed, apparently, <laughs> essentially. So we'll see how it works out. But I, I don't think it's the worst idea uh, considering the options available. Uh, it is kind of surprising that they chose uh, Mitch over guys like Jimmy G. I, th- I think you hit it, like, directly. Like, the, the, the Mitch thing cannot be done in isolation without looking at what the rest of the quarterback market is, right? Once Mariota goes – there's basically no one left, right, in the in the free agency market. So if you wanted someone and didn't want to give up whatever San Francisco's asking prices for for Jimmy to what was it a, a third and then a third that gets converted to a second a for Carson Wentz, yeah, yeah. Like if you didn't want to do that, then this is the move that you have to make. And I think the only regret the Steelers have right now because they're still in a position where they could take a quarterback and, and use Trubisky as a bridge guy, right? The only regret maybe that the Steelers have is what if Matt Ryan does for whatever reason, get onto the trade market, right? That's when you start feeling like a jerk a little bit and you're like, dang, we, we probably could have gotten him and we're built to kind of win right now. Cause I don't think Baker gets traded within uh, the division. But I, I do think that, you know, for whatever reason, like if, if Watson ended up in Atlanta, Matt Ryan becomes available, that would have been when you take your big swing and try to land that guy. And by the way, Colts, like if you're going to take a swing at a quarterback, like that's probably what you guys should be doing too instead of looking at Baker. But we'll see. We'll see what it looks like moving forward. Um, Diana Rossini just uh, tweeted out that, after some conversations, even if the Cleveland Browns are not able to land quarterback to Sean Watson, the sense I get is Baker Mayfield will still consider other options. So Baker's calling the shots now. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> he is. <laughs> How dare he humble himself and think, you know, maybe the Browns are looking at, at better quarterback spots. But I don't know. She had a follow-up tweet basically saying that the lines of communication have not been open in Cleveland as they have been in, with Atlanta when the Falcons said that they were going to pursue uh, Deshaun Watson. So <laughs> they don't like you, Baker. Sorry you had to find out this way. <laughs> Do you think, like, so Baker in the commercials, is, is, are those lines of communication still open? Are we going to get all the progressive commercials from Baker this year? No, that's got to be done. That's you think it's whole, done? The money yeah. just dried up? They've iced about like McCarthy. I I don't I don't know how those contracts work. I, I think that it would be smart for them to, you know, have those like on a yearly basis so they could just get out of them. Um I'm surprised they've still been going on this long, to be honest, because Baker Bur- has Burrow's not been good them, enough right? to have all these national commercials. Burrow's yeah. about to eat all those Baker commercials, man. Yeah, they can't just get enough of him. It's just gonna go to a good quarterback instead, and that's fine. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and Baker, I'm sure, got a, a sizable paycheck from those right. progressive commercials. So cash those checks. Um, you know, We'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield, and we'll see what happens with Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh. And make sure you stay locked in right here on the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, still plenty of free agency movement happening across the league. We'll keep you updated on everything that's going on. Some of the top names that are still available. You can follow Justice on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. You follow KP at KP underscore show. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on Apple and Spotify. I'm Steven Serta. We'll talk to you guys next week.